You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Man, man, would you join me in giving some love to our band for some really uh, helpful... You know, every time I come in, I just thank the Lord to be able to, to worship here. And you know, whether you're worshiping with us online or here in the Cameo Theater, we're just glad you came to be a part. Man, God has been working and moving in a significant way all day long at all of our services. And uh, you one o'clockers tend to be a little rowdier on the rowdy scale than the other services. And so you got that going for you. But in case you're new here, um, perhaps you'll be around for a while and you'll hear us say things like, uh, City Tribe, we welcome everyone from bikers to bankers, you know, PhDs to GEDs, every different age, race, and walk of life, right? Um, But another thing you'll see here at our church that we do intentionally is that this church is made up of people from Alamo Heights to Haven for Hope, every different economic level. But when we come here together, it's like we're the same, you know? Nobody's better than anyone. We're all equals in the kingdom of God, in the family of God, if you will, right on? And so um, that's a good place to be. And one of the events that we do from time to time that fosters this environment in our ecosystem here is something called karaoke for our street friends. And so you've never had fun until you've done karaoke with homeless people. I mean, that's the funnest thing uh, that I do all year long. And that event is coming up a couple of Fridays from now on February the 24th on a Friday night right here in the Cameo Theater. Now, when you came in today, perhaps you saw or got uh, these little handouts. And this date says February the 19th. And the reason it says February the 19th is because next Sunday, which by the way is the 19th, is when we bring supplies for the event. So what we've learned is the most helpful things to bring that our friends living on the streets need the most. Things like new underwear, not used, of course, right? Uh, Socks, shoes, you know, things like this. You can find the event. uh, You can find the event details on this little handout, uh, I guess, out at Tribe Connect or in the lobby. And what we need to do is pool our resources together and get all these things and bring them next Sunday so that we're ready. Now, Priscilla's going to have a lot of volunteers' roles for you guys as well to serve food, uh, also to hand out supplies. And if you're going to come and sing karaoke, you know, you can't just come and sit around and watch. You have to, like, participate in some way if you're just regular. You know, so you're either serving or you got to sing. And I'll just let you know, my preference is 90s rock. Or you can sing Johnny Cash, and either one I'll be fine with. But um, we'll have a good time doing karaoke together. Um, here in a couple of Friday nights, and it'll be a wonderful time. Now, I brought a guest today to bring the teaching. He's a dear friend that I've known many, many years, and I've told you many times the story of how Jeannie and I were struggling, you know, over 20 years ago and all this, and, and this friend approached me, and he helped, you know, me restore my marriage and my spiritual walk and life. And not only is he the senior pastor of City Church over on Bandera Road, but he serves as an overseer for this church, City Tribe Church. And uh, it's such an honor and privilege to have him here today to serve our church 
through his significant teaching gift. Brent has also written a book in recent days called Inner Strength, and you can get a copy of that right outside these doors at the tables as you lead the service today, if you feel like that would be helpful for you. But Brent, you're back there somewhere. And where, where did Brent go? He's right back here. But why don't you come out? And I just want to honor Brent. And I'll tell you why. Um, those years ago, when you approached me at a pizza hut and said, uh, I'd like to restore you into the ministry, all the people that you've seen here are the fruit of your decision to be a person that restores others. And so there's a sense in which so many of you are spiritual grandchildren of this, of this gentleman here. And so could you again honor him with honor that is due a man who believes in restoration? I don't know about calling me a grandpa uh, stuff, Doug, but I'll, I'll take the other compliments. <laughs> uh, you know, Doug has been a friend through the decades, really. We used to literally be neighbors. We lived on the same street, uh, and uh, we've been co-laborers for so many years. And uh, Doug is actually one of the guys that when I'm having some kind of issue in my personal spiritual journey or... Uh, as a leader of a church, he's one of the guys I talk to. He's one of the guys I want to get with and say, hey, Doug, this is the situation. Can you help me think through it and pray through it? Uh, so I look to him as a co-mentor uh, of me. And I will say to those of you who are new to church, maybe you're checking out church uh, for the first time. Maybe you're not sure what you think about God and Jesus and all this stuff yet. Uh, I can tell you that Doug is the real deal. He's not just a stage personality, and then he's somebody else off stage. He is who he is on stage and off stage. He's a great guy. He's a good leader. He loves the Lord. He loves you guys, and he loves this city. And I encourage you to follow him as he follows Jesus. Now, today I want us to focus on a profound promise that God makes throughout the Jewish and Christian scriptures that it can help us all cultivate freedom in our lives. And this promise has the power to help us rise above any inner issues that can weigh us down. This promise has the ability to help us overcome challenging circumstances we face in life. This promise has the ability to give us the inner strength we need to fulfill God's purposes for our lives. And, and let me just say that when God makes a promise, he's powerful enough to back it up and he's trustworthy to fulfill it. And so we're going to focus on this promise of God today, and we're going to particularly look at how this promise can help us find freedom from various fears and anxieties. Now, for many years in my life, I struggled with some fear-driven anxiety. And if you would have asked me during that season, Brent, are you a fearful person? Are you an anxious person? I would say, no. No, I'm not a fear person. I'm a faith person. For goodness sakes, I'm a pastor. I'm all about faith. I'm not about fear. But honestly, looking back, you know, just really getting real with myself, what I realized is I had numerous fears and anxieties, and I learned how to cope with them, you know? And what happens is when you learn how to cope with something that's dysfunctional, it becomes normal to you even when it's not normal. And that's where I was. 
I was struggling with some fears and anxieties. And fear, fear can be a very powerful emotion. There's a part of fear that is instinctive. It's just the way we wired. And then there's a part of fear that we can learn from others. So let me explain what I mean by that. The instinctive part of fear is with us because God created us to feel fear. He created us to feel fear to protect us when we face fearful situations in life. He never told us we would not face fearful situations. What he did was he wired us to feel fear to help us face those fearful situations. And that's where you get like the fight or flight mechanism. You know, God created us that way to protect us. So that part of fear is actually a good thing. There's another kind of fear that is learned. And learned fear is when we take on the fears of other people, even though we're not facing the circumstances that cause them to fear the fear. Let me give you an example. And like, you know, I've been a pastor for over three decades, and I've seen this example numerous times. Sometimes when kids grow up with parents who have a lot of financial struggles and they develop financial fears, the parents pass on their fear of money to their kids. And even when their kids grow up and become adults and get great jobs, they still fear, fear about their finances, not because of their financial situation, but because they learn how to fear finances from their parents. You see what I'm saying? That's a learned kind of fear. And however fear comes into your life, once it's triggered, those feelings of fear, the emotions of fear can linger with us well beyond the fearful circumstances that brought them into our lives in the first place. And when that happens, it becomes lingering fear. And lingering fear, God did not create us to live with that. He did, he did create us to feel fear, but he didn't create us to live with lingering fear. So how do you know if you have lingering fear? What are the signs of lingering fear? So I did a little bit of research. I found a Christian psychologist who specializes in helping people identify and overcome their fears. And she's identified certain signs that you have lingering fear. First sign, sleeplessness due to anxious thoughts. Do you ever find, oh, someone's laughing. Okay, somebody knows what I'm talking about. It's like where you can't go to sleep because you just lay there in bed and you think anxious thoughts or you get up at like two or three and then you start thinking anxious thoughts and you can't go back to sleep. That's a sign you have lingering fear. Second sign, experiencing panic attacks. I don't know if you or maybe somebody you love experiences panic attacks, but part of what, what is, is so challenging to a person who experiences panic attacks is they know in the moment that they're experiencing it, there's no reason for them to feel panic, but they feel it anyway and they don't know why. Could be that you have lingering fear. Third sign, regularly thinking insecure thoughts. Nobody likes me. I'm just stupid. I'll never amount to anything. You know what I mean? Those kind of thoughts. If you regularly think those kind of thoughts, you could, that could be a sign you have lingering fear. Fourth sign, irrationally avoiding situations. Now, there's some situations that, that we avoid that are rational, like I don't like snakes and I don't like spiders, and then it's purely rational. But there are other situations that it's irrational to avoid. And so if you, if you avoid irrational situations, that could be a sign you have lingering fear. Another sign is obsessive behaviors. If you find yourself just have, having these certain behaviors and it's driving other people crazy and it's driving you crazy, you don't even know why you do it, could be a sign you have lingering fear. Next sign is unrealistic feelings of dread. Do you find yourself thinking thoughts like, oh man, 
our economy's so bad and our country's so bad and this world is just so bad. And you have all of these thoughts about that are dreadful thoughts. That could be a sign that you have lingering fear. And then the last sign is an inability to make decisions. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where you need to make a decision, but you just can't do it? Well, that could be a sign that you're struggling with lingering fears. So are lingering fears sapping your strength? Are lingering fears harming your relationships? Are lingering fears messing with your mental health? Are lingering fears holding you back from moving on in life? If that's true of you, I just, I want you to know there's good news. God loves you right now, just the way you are, even if you have lingering fears. Okay. And he has made a promise to you and to me that can help us get free from any lingering fears we may have. And that's what we're going to look at today. By looking at one of the greatest heroes of the Jewish and Christian scriptures and his own struggles with lingering fears in his life. And we're going to look at how he, he got free from his fears. And I hope that this journey will help you to get free from any fears you may be struggling with. Now, this hero we're going to look at today is Moses. Moses. His story is told in the book of Exodus in the Jewish scriptures. And I, I need to let you know, heads up, his story is a little bit dark, pretty tragic, but I feel like it's important for me to recount a part of his history so that you'll understand how he got lingering fears in his life. So Moses is born as a slave when the Jewish people were enslaved in, in uh, Egypt. And when he was born, the Pharaoh, who's like the king of Egypt, had made an edict that all of the Jewish baby uh, boys who were male were to be put to death. There was just too many Jewish people. And that was his way of just curbing down the number. Well, Moses's mother refused to do that. And so for three months, she tried to hide Moses. And how many of you know you can't hide an infant? I mean, when an infant wants something, what does an infant do? They cry and cry. And, and so you can imagine how stressful and anxious these first three months of Moses' life were. And we know now that even as an infant, infant babies can sense and take on the emotions of their parents uh, when they feel it. And so the first three months of his life were very fearful and anxious. Well, Moses' mother eventually figures out how to get him adopted into a family. He actually becomes adopted into the Pharaoh's family. And so for the first 40 years of his life, he is raised as an adopted stepchild among a people who despised his race. So think about how that would feel. Your, your childhood, your teen years, your young adult uh, uh, part of your life. We know that he faced some favoritism. We know that he faced some racism from his own family. Well, at 40 years old, he wants to go and check to see how his fellow Hebrews are doing, the people of his own race. And he witnesses that they are being mercilessly uh, attacked and mistreated. In fact, he sees an Egyptian slave master beating one of his fellow Jewish men. And so Moses looks to his right, he looks to his left, and he intercedes. He, he has this sense of, of, of an injustice being done, and I'm going to make it right. He attacks the Egyptian slave master, kills him, and then hides the body. 
Now, he thinks that his Jewish brothers are going to thank him for rescuing him. But instead, they turn him in. They reject him. They turn him in to the Pharaoh, to his officers. And when Pharaoh, his, think about this, his stepfather finds out, he gives an order to kill Moses. So now Moses is in a truly fearful situation, fear, fearing for his life. And so he can either fight or he can flee. And he flees. And he heads out into a desert area. And there he meets a family that actually treats him very well. He marries into this family. And for the next 40 years, he becomes a shepherd. A simple shepherd herding different kinds of animals with his new family. And for 40 years, he lives in relative obscurity, almost no fearful situations, pretty laid back, pretty calm, pretty safe and secure. And then one day he's out with the animals and he looks over and he sees this bush that is burning up. It is on fire, but it's not burning up. It's just burning, but it's not burning up. And he thinks this is really strange. So he walks over to the bush and from the bush, God speaks to Moses. And in an intriguing conversation, Back and forth between Moses and God, we get to hear Moses express his anxious thoughts and his insecure questions that all reveal his lingering fear. So let's look at that conversation. It begins in Exodus chapter 3, verse 9. And remember, God is speaking through a burning bush to Moses. The Lord said, now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, oh, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So when God calls Moses to a purpose beyond his safe, secure life, Moses asks the question, who am I? Who am I really? Do you think this is such a good idea, God? <laughs> what, and what we see in this, this is you, you get the expression of his insecurity about who he is. He is wrestling with his own sense of identity. And let me just say that this, this question, who am I? It is an important question for all of us to answer. And I, I just want you to know that uh, here at City Tribe, this is a safe community where you can ask hard questions like this and you can pursue answers to these kinds of hard questions because I think they are significant. It is important to get a good sense of your identity. And this is also a safe community where you can get real about any inner struggles you have like lingering fear. Nobody's gonna look down on you. We're here to help you. I know that's true of Doug and his team. We can help you get free from your lingering fear. And so uh, in this, we see that that he is wrestling with his own sense of identity, asking a pretty important question, God, who am I? Who am I? And I get, you know, if you come back to Moses, I get how ridiculous this request must have felt to him. So now try to put yourself in his shoes. He has not spoken to an Israelite or an Egyptian for 40 years. He hadn't even seen him. And he's a simple shepherd. He's not like a, a political leader. He's not a military leader. And God wants him to go and lead a nation. And so I think it's pretty valid to ask the question, Lord, 
Who am I? Notice how God responds to that question. This is Exodus 3.12. And God said, I will be with you. Now, you know what's interesting? Isn't that an interesting response to the question, who am I? Because what God doesn't say is, Moses, dude, you're the man. You're awesome. You're a great person. You're a great leader. You've got a great personality. People are going to follow you. You're the man. You're the man. That's not what God says. <laughs> Instead, he says, he makes the promise, I will be with you. Can you say that promise with me out loud? I will be with you. And here's what God is trying to get Moses to see. He's trying to get him to, to see his identity is not about who he is alone. He's trying to get him to, to get his sense of identity of who he is with God with him. Because that's what will make the difference. It's not about who you are alone, Moses, with, with your strengths, your limitations, your, your, your weaknesses, you know, the good stuff, the bad stuff. It's about who you are with me. That's what's going to make the difference. And so throughout my, my 30 plus years as a pastor leading people, I have found when people can really get this, where they really can get their sense of identity, not as who am I alone, but who am I with God with me? It makes all the difference. And they do gain the ability to get free from any lingering fears in their lives. And so how would you feel about who you are if you really believe God was with you? How would you feel about who you are? One of the most important steps you'll ever take in your spiritual journey is to gain clarity about who you are with God with you. That is what will make the difference in your life. And what I love about this, this part of uh, God's relationship with Moses is God doesn't pick someone who's confident, strong, courageous. He picks someone who's insecure, fearful, and messy, just like most of us. How about yay God on that one? Well, Moses' lingering fears drive him to ask God another question. This is Exodus 3.13. Moses said to God, now, hold on, God. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, okay, what's his name? Then what should I tell them? <laughs> so now the question is changed. Now, he, now he's not asking the question, who am I? Now he's asking the question, who are you? Who are you? And he asked for God's name. So what is that all about? You'll see this pattern throughout all of the, the Jewish and Christian scriptures. When you know the name of God, and he's revealed himself by numerous names all throughout history. When you know the name of God, that signifies that you're in a personal relationship with him. And it gives you access to his power. It's almost like a pen for your bank account or a password for your computer. With the name of God, you're in a relationship with him and that gives you access to his power. And this is such a significant part of, of our relationship. And I think what you see in this question is a part of uh, what Moses doesn't have at this point is a personal relationship with God. He knows some things about God, 
but he doesn't really know God. And so a part of his question reveals that he's not in a relationship with God yet. And let me just say that as a part of your spiritual journey, you do have to wrestle with, and I think the beginning point is your own relationship with God. So Moses asked God the question, who are you? Notice how God responds. This is Exodus 3:14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God reveals himself in the most intimate way in history up to this point by telling Moses his name. He says, I am. He is the God who is. He is the God who is eternal. He is the God who was before time. He's the God who created time. And he is the God that will exist beyond time as we know it. And yet, what's so cool about this God is he still longs to be in a personal relationship with people created in his own image like you and like me. And so he tells Moses his name. And at this point, Moses is now in a relationship with God. His relationship has become personal. He knows God's name. Before he knew some things about God, now he knows God. And we believe that God ultimately revealed himself even more intimately when I am became one of us, when he became a human being in the person of Jesus. We believe Jesus is God's son. It's the greatest revelation of God in human history when he became one of us in Jesus. And now the way you begin a relationship with the father is by believing in his son. And when you, when you believe in his son, if you've not believed in Jesus, my hope is that someday in your spiritual journey, you will believe and you put your trust in God's son for your relationship with God. Because when you do that, it's no longer about who you are alone. It's about who you are with God with you. Because when you believe in his son, you become a part of his family. You become born spiritually. You become a child of God. And it just changes your identity. Now it's who you are with God with you. And that's my hope and my prayer for you if you haven't believed in Jesus yet. Now, Moses continues to struggle with his lingering fears. And I just, I appreciate this guy so much. He's so relatable. You know, he, he doesn't sound like that, that big hero that nobody can relate to. I mean, I feel like, oh, okay, I can relate to this guy. So he asked God another question. Exodus chapter four, verse one. Moses answered, okay. But what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, yeah, the Lord did not appear to you. <laughs> and this is what, what Moses is asking. This is the question. Hey, what if they reject me? What if they reject me? I mean, remember, Lord, they rejected me already. 40 years ago, I tried to rise up and help them. And instead of seeing that I was helping them, they rejected me. And here's what we see in this moment. He still feels the pain, the sting of the fear of rejection. So many years before, the, the past pain of the, of the rejection that he faced is now manifesting in a present fear, a fear of being rejected again. And has that ever happened to you? Have you ever experienced a rejection in your past? And now you discern that you have lingering fear, the fear of rejection now, because you don't want to feel that again. Maybe it was a parent who neglected you 
or walked out on your family. Maybe it was an ex that broke up with you. Maybe it was an ex-boss that fired you and said, you don't have what it takes. At some point in your journey, you're going to have to deal with any past rejection and the pain that it surfaces so you can make sure that in the present, you're not making decisions out of the past. You have to rise up. That's a part of getting free from lingering fear in your life. And let me just say that, that when, when God, when Moses tells this to God, asks this question, I just, I think it's so refreshing because I think it shows that he recognizes he's, he's got a fear of rejection. So what does God do in response? Well, I, I'll just, I'll tell you briefly what happens. God says, okay, so Moses has a, a stick, a staff in his hand. God says, throw down the staff. Moses throws down the staff and it becomes a snake. Then God says, pick it up again. Pick up the snake. He pick, grabs the snake by the tail and go, turns back into a staff. Then God says, take your hand and touch your chest. He touches his chest, pulled us out, and it, uh, he has leprosy, skin disease. Then God says, take uh, your hand and touch your chest again. He touches his chest and then he's healed. And this is what God is trying to say to Moses through these two powerful, powerful miracles. He shows Moses his power Trying to get Moses to see that the burden of, of what it's going to take to get the Israelites to follow you doesn't depend on you alone. It depends on who you are with me with you. It's like God is saying to Moses, look, dude, I'm the God that can turn a stick into a snake. I'm the God that can heal the sick. And if I'm with you, that's what's going to make the difference. That is my promise to you. I will get them to follow you. And let me just say that the God who can turn sticks into snakes and heal the sick, if he's with you, it's no longer about who you are alone. It's about who you are with God with you. That was why the miraculous ministry of Jesus was so important. He's saying, I will be with you. And that is what will make all the difference. That's God's promise to you. Moses is still wrestling with stuff, and throughout this entire conversation, what we come to find out is there's like this elephant in the room, you know the saying, like something really obvious, and Moses has awareness about it. It's his greatest lingering fear, and he knows what it is, and so now he tells God his greatest lingering fear. This is Exodus uh, chapter 4, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, uh, pardon your servant, Lord. But I don't speak very well, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to me. I am slow of speech and tongue. And I just, I love the vulnerability here. Moses getting, getting real, you know. And in essence, Moses is asking this question. What if I'm not good enough? Lord, what if I'm not good enough? Have you ever asked that question? It's, it's evident that Moses has some kind of speech impediment. And that speech impediment has led him to develop a fear of speaking to groups of people. And how many of you can understand that fear? How many of you would like to be up here doing what I'm doing? Did you know that there's been surveys done of what we fear most? And what we fear most, more than losing a relationship, more than financial crises, more than even death, what people fear most is having to speak in public to groups of people. Isn't that interesting? And what I want us to see here, this is so significant. 
Moses gets brutally honest with God about his greatest lingering fear. He senses that this God, I can get honest with him. So I'm going to tell him everything. I'm going to get it out. And somewhere in your spiritual journey, I think it's important for you to get brutally honest with God about your greatest lingering fears. It's okay. He's safe. You can do this with him. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that in just a few moments. Getting brutally honest with God about your greatest lingering fears, it, it will, I'm, I'm telling you, it will be one of the most significant watershed moments in your life. Think about it. Why do we even know about this conversation Moses has with God? Who's there? It's only God and Moses. And Moses realizes that this conversation was so significant to his own journey that he writes down his story so that his story and his relationship with God could influence us in our story and our relationship with God today. I promise you, when you get to where you can get brutally honest with God about your greatest lingering fear, there's something about naming it and saying it out loud in God's presence that just, it, it's a part of what releases you from being bound to it. It's a powerful part of your journey if you will do it. So uh, Mo Moses tells him, look, Lord, what if I'm not good enough? And he tells him his greatest lingering fear. Then notice once again how God responds to Moses. This is Exodus 4:11. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. You know, God could have miraculously healed Moses of his speech impediment. He didn't. God could have miraculously made Moses a great speaker. He didn't. Instead, he made the promise to Moses once again. He says, I will be with you. I will tell you what to say. I will teach you how to speak. And how about that a part of God's purpose, because he tells him, look, I know how I made your mouth. How about that I made your mouth like that on purpose? So you wouldn't depend on your own strength, but so you would have to depend on me, the God who is with you. And all along the way, Moses keeps thinking it's about who I am alone. And God is trying to get him to see, no, it's who, who you are with me with you. That's what's going to make the difference. And so at this part in their, in their conversation, in their journey together, their relationship, God is calling on Moses to trust the God who is with him. He's saying, look, I know how you talk. Trust that if I'm with you, it's going to make all the difference. And here's what happens if you know the story. Moses goes back. He goes back to Egypt. He speaks to the Pharaoh and he gets free from his fears because of the God who was with him. And then he leads a nation out of slavery into their own freedom. He fulfills God's purposes for his life that were beyond anything he had ever imagined. But it all began with him trusting the God who is with him. And that's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm asking you to trust the God who is with you. I'm asking you as an act of faith to choose to see your identity, not as who you are alone, but as who you are with God with you. That's what's going to make the difference. And so I want you to reflect for just a moment on your current life circumstances. How would someone in your situation today how would someone in your situation respond if you really believed God was with you?
What step of faith would you take? What decision would you make? What temptation would you shake? What risk would you face? What relationship would you change? How would someone in your life circumstance respond if you believe God was with you? God is with you. Trust him and you will thrive in life. Let's pray together. And so, Lord God, in your presence today, I just first want to say I'm so grateful that you are the kind of God who is comfortable with us getting brutally honest with you about stuff in our lives. I mean, it's so great to know that your love is that great and your grace is that great. And I'm going to lead this group of people who are with me today to get brutally honest about any fear that they're struggling with. And so in this moment, would you just whisper to God, if you have a sense of a fear that you're wrestling with, just whisper it. Maybe it's a relational fear. Just speak it. Maybe it's a financial fear. Maybe like Moses, it's a fear of rejection. Maybe it's a fear of failure. Maybe it's a fear of pain. Just get brutally honest with God in this moment. And those watching online, you do the same. Just whisper it to God. And now as an act of faith, I'm asking you to trust God's promise to be with you. To choose to have your identity transformed from who you are alone to who you are with God with you because he is with you. If you're in a relationship with him, he is with you. And then, Lord, I ask you to do what you promised to do, and that is to help us get free from stuff in our lives. And so as we get brutally honest about our fears, I'm asking you to help us get free from those fears. Lord Jesus, when you were on the earth, you said this, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I'm asking, Lord, that some people would get free today and not just sort of free, free indeed today, because I ask in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Been so good to be with you. You can rise above your fears. I promise you. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you, Brent. And all weekend long, you know, folks have been getting free from fears. There was one guy in an earlier service that was having an anxiety attack early in the service during the music. He had to go outside and uh, someone helped him to come back in and he got a new level of healing during Brent's message regarding fear. And I know that's been happening all day. And one of the things that I had the sense of last service was that some of you didn't feel like you got hit by a bolt of lightning, but in a few weeks, it'll dawn on you something happened where you're not feeling that anxiety or that fear anymore. And you'll come, you'll step into the re realization of what God did for you during the service uh, today. That's the way he works many times. And so uh, thankful, we're thankful to God uh, for bringing Brent our way to share a very timely word for many of us. Now, as we wrap up today, next Sunday, we're starting a brand new series about being a holistic church. And we're going to look at the seven key areas in which God is really moving and working in our particular little church downtown here. And if you ever uh, pulled up to a light and you look next door and someone's begging for money outside your window, and you wonder, what should I really be doing in this situation? We'll answer that and talk about that next Sunday at the services. So make sure and come on back for that. 
Also, uh, there's prayer leaders outside to pray with you, should that be helpful for you. Don't forget about bringing supplies for our karaoke with our street friends uh, coming up. That's going to be next Sunday that you can bring those supplies, and then the following Friday is when the event happens. And also, one of the ways that we worship is through our financial stewardship. Now, if you're new to church and you're like, oh, wow, he's talking about money now, and you grab your wallet and hang on tight to it. I'm not giving any money. That's okay. Man, take a pass on that. That's not what we're after here. But those of us that do know Jesus, uh, we're trying the best we know how to steward it and invest in stuff that's important to his kingdom, see? So we bring like this first priority tithe here at the church where we're not just trying to build some big corporate organization or something, but we're trying to invest in people that matter to God. And so there are four ways to pull that off since we don't pass buckets or plates. You can mail it. You can text your offerings in, go to the website or um, just giving stations located near the exits of the Cameo Theater. So before you guys take off, let's stand up together. And if you don't mind to put a hand out in a position to receive, if you'd like to receive these words of benediction over you, dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, walk from here knowing that you've handed him your fears and you've cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. And so you don't need to carry it anymore. It's gone. And not only that, you're going to see more than you ever thought, dreamed, or imagined because it's not just you doing it, but it's him who's doing it because he is with you. Walk from here knowing that he is with you as you go. Walk in power, no longer victims, but now victors in Jesus' name. Walk from this place with power and spread his light, his love, his presence everywhere your footsteps. You guys have an amazing Sunday. We'll see you next time. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.